Whether you're a whiskey aficionado or new to the world of whiskeys, I invite you to pull up a chair and join me around the bar as we pour a dram and share in our love of all things whiskeys. Hi, I'm your host, Victor. You can call me Vic, and welcome to Distilled. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the bar. Welcome back to Distilled. Tonight, I am joined once again by my lovely wife. Oh, this is where I say hello. Hello, people. (laughs) Hi, babe. Um, If you are able to, feel free, grab a glass, pour yourself a drink. We're drinking tonight. Oh, that was loud. Do do another one so it's softer. That's that's better. That's a little better. My love, what are you sipping on? Uh, I am sipping on the pot still from the distill one of our distilleries from the Kentucky Bourbon Tour. Um, I always mess up the name. Is it Willert? Willet. Willet. I always whenever I say it, I say the wrong one. But Willet. Um, really, I really liked the distillery. It was great. Um, and I really like this, uh, pot still small batch, right? Yeah. Small batch. Um, very nice notes of kind of a poached pear and cinnamon on the tongue. Uh, very smooth just throughout. Uh, not much on the nose, like doesn't really give you much of a, what to expect on the nose, but it's kind of like a very pleasant surprise of like poached pear and cinnamon on the mouth. It's great. What are you drinking, my love? Tonight, I dipped into the Monk's Road uh, small batch bourbon from Logstill Distillery at Dant Crossing. Uh, they're a fun little place. They're still getting back up and running. They're an old school, well, old distillery that's starting to come back to life. Uh, I'm pretty excited to see what they do. Uh, for the Monk's Road, on the nose, what do I get again? Mostly some baking spices. Um, on the palate, it's definitely orange marmalade, apricot jam, and uh, a little bit of like nutmeg and cinnamon. Very cool. Very cool. I don't. I don't know how to how to start this. Should I just start like talking about what? What do I do? Yeah. What was it that uh, you had a really great idea for a conversation, and I kind of liked it. What's up? Okay. So um, I was driving our daughter home from daycare, and naturally I started thinking about the podcast and bourbon. Um, I say that in a joking manner. I usually don't think about that. But um, I was driving home and thinking, and this like idea, concept, title, whatever it is, came into my brain about drinking to joy, not to drink to despair. Um in kind of a, a personal insight on my life, I, I struggle with anxiety and I recently had a family member pass and it's October was rough. October was not a fun month in general. Um, and throughout that time, I was very aware of how I was drinking. Um, not so much what I was drinking because it was usually bourbon or whiskey, but like how I was trying to control those portions and control the drink so that I wasn't drinking in despair and drinking to like numb the pain, but more drinking to celebrate the life of the one that I lost. And also like having a drink with my family and sharing stories about um, this person and being able to honor him a little bit more. 
And so I started thinking about like, how do people drink? And that kind of, I guess, led me to the podcast because I know one of the reasons you wanted to make this was because um what what's the phrasing you use like making making whiskey social to make whiskey social okay so I was right in that Mm -hmm. um but trying to see okay yeah making it social and social interactions if you are an extrovert is like you know a a very positive factor and a very like joyful experience so I kind of guess I just wanted to talk about like how do you balance the joys of drinking with like the potential to drink when you're in sorrow. Mm. Yeah, that is really good to think about because when I was so when I was in um the Jesuit novitiate we had a conference where we talked about addictions and the I mean the number one addiction that plagues religious um, men in priesthood and in religious orders is alcohol addiction and one of we had to take a self-assessment as part of a conference Um, and one of the markers for alcohol dependency addiction which I think is the actual definition or the actual name say say the name again alcohol dependency Addiction? addiction you usually yeah if um it's been a while since i've read through the uh, dsm-5 which i think is still the latest version but i think yeah it's usually alcohol dependency syndrome or alcohol dependency disorder um it depends on like what specifically uh another little clue you're getting into my identity <laughs> viewers is um i did some work in psychology and uh i'm familiar with things like the dsm-5 and diagnoses and fun stuff like that but so one of the one of the markers is um do you drink alcohol alone and that's something that um I've definitely had to be conscious of. Um, In the past, I've had my own struggles with alcohol consumption, and I've definitely dialed it back. Uh, My issue was mostly social drinking, though. And so, sure, I will have a glass almost every night, but usually I'm with my wife, or I'm with family or friends. and so there's definitely been a balance I've had to be, I guess, hyper aware of just because of my own past and stuff that I've had to work through and deal with. Um, but then again, like there are times when, yeah, I am alone and I pour a drink and it's, why am I doing this? Do I feel a need for it? And if the if I ask myself, do I feel I need to have this drink to relax? Chances are there's something else I need to address. And I don't have the drink. I try to do something else that's good for me. If it's a, no, I would just like to sip on this while I'm playing a video game or I'm recording an episode. Like it's it's something I do because it's I want to enjoy this 
drink so yeah yeah i i'm i'm just laughing because of the the amount of uh uh what are the sniffers snifters Glencairns. Um, um, the amount of those particular glasses that I will find on Vic's desk if I'm like cleaning up around the house uh, sometimes it's a little like oh he was recording episodes the last couple of days okay cool um, it's usually one per episode so I, that's how I, I know or if he's done a tasting or something but um, yeah that's a, a really good point about like being aware of your own mental state when you are going in for a drink like I remember um one of the first major types of alcohol that I started to enjoy was actually whiskey um I did a semester in Ireland while I was at my university and I came home surprise surprise really liking whiskey um and I brought some back from my dad and was sharing it with him one night and he was going to pour it and and he asked me like oh do you do you want like ginger ale to cut it do you do you need water like what do you need and I was like no I'll just have it neat and I was maybe 21 at this point and he's like oh god my 21 year old is already an alcoholic (laughs) she's drinking straight whiskey oh my god what have I done uh and um I, I had to explain to him like no I just I just don't like beer I don't really like wine I just I just want whiskey um, that's like the only alcohol that I I enjoy on a regular basis and I remember one night um, a couple of months later like I had had kind of a rough day and I came home and I asked my dad like hey where'd you put that that bottle of I think it was a Jameson one of the Jameson variations you know, where'd you, where'd you put that bottle? And he's like, oh, it's, it's downstairs at the bar. Why? And I said, I just, I just really want, I'm just really craving it. And he's like, no. And I'm like, what do, what do you mean? He's like, if you're, and that was kind of my guide for these things is like, if you're using that word, if you're craving it, something else is going on. Like that's not, that's not a good indication of you're in a good place for it if you're like kind of what Vic said if you feel you have that need for it or you're craving it then maybe there's something else going on and you kind of need to take a step back and reassess so like I had my dad to help me through that and you've you've learned that through experience too yeah I yeah that craving is an interesting one because I think that's where coming, knowing yourself and knowing the difference between needing and wanting. And I feel like a a craving is your mind telling your body, you need this. And sure, in some circumstances, that may be true. You may be craving red meat, and it could be because you need iron or something you need protein like there it it can be a good thing to have a craving but when it comes to like alcohol again i think that's one of the markers in the dsm is a craving for alcohol you go a whole day and you're craving it that's a warning sign and that's a sign that hey there's something that isn't right and needs to be addressed and and with the address too, like I, I feel like 
whenever there's a podcast that's based in some form of alcohol consumption, at some point you do need to say like, hey, if you are a person who's struggling with alcohol addiction or who's trying to figure out if they have an alcohol addiction, um, are could we put like some some resource links in like show notes? Is that a thing that you could do? Oh, yeah. I okay. could do that. Because um, I don't know any off the top of my head right now, but I feel like to to be responsible since we're talking about this, maybe we should we should put in a couple of like phone numbers, websites, things like that. Yeah, definitely check the uh, the show notes. I'll put some links in for resources. Um, and if you are a church going person, most churches have an AA group, an Alcoholics Anonymous. Oh, absolutely. Group that they meet, and you know, it's anonymous. It's all in the name. Um, I know people who have gone through AA. It has helped them out tremendously. It has changed their lives. So. It's good stuff. On a random other fun fact, did you know one of the founders of AA is actually from uh, Canton, Ohio? I did know that because, because of, of my the work Stan at Hewitt Museum that I took you to. No, because I worked oh, at okay. JRH. Oh, that also makes sense. So I worked at a retreat house for a bit, which was one of the meeting places for the first group of AA members with this uh, sister and. Dr. Bob, I think. Let's go with sure. I don't I'm not I'm not the history buff. That's that's Vic's job. Um, so I don't know all of the details for it. I just remember reading a plaque at um, a museum I went to in like Akron, Canton area and being like, oh, hey, that's cool. Yeah. So the founding of AA, that'll be a new episode down the line now that I think about <laughs> it, because it's actually really fascinating. It is really cool. Um we're a show about drinking, but we are drinking responsibly, again, to make whiskey social. We want to get rid of the stigma because I feel like that can also drive people to do it in secret, and that's when problems arise. We don't want to stigmatize it. We want it to be a social and socially responsible activity. Yeah, and part of that destigmatizing, too, I think, comes in with like just because you go to a bar and you happen to be a woman and you happen to order a whiskey neat like and you happen to know which particular kind of whiskey you would like that doesn't mean you know that doesn't necessarily mean that you struggle with alcoholism it just means that you know your whiskey and you know your bourbon and you know what you like um so I, I think especially from the female perspective that's something that I have encountered before like if I've gone to a bar and I've ordered like, oh, I see you've got Booker's, I see you've got Bullet, I see you've got this, I see you got that. Oh, um, what's the age on that? What's the proof on that? And I'll, I'll ask a couple of questions and then I'll be like, okay, give me um, a single pour of that neat. And I remember one time I was out with friends and I ordered a whiskey neat. Um, every other, I was out with a couple of uh, female friends and the rest of them had ordered like, you know, vodka cranberries or... Um, white claws or whatever (laughs) they wanted to drink um nothing against white claw i actually enjoy it once in a while but for the sake of the show um yeah i remember there was a, a gentleman sitting at the bar and he like overheard me order the drink and he's like whoa slow down there little lady and i'm like 
just going to walk away from you because I, I I got a little irritated. I got a little irritated and kind of went back to my friends and, and just brushed it off. But it's, yeah, you, you do get some of that stigma if you if you are a person who enjoys stronger liquor uh, of the female persuasion. So I've I've encountered that before. And um, yeah, in terms of stigma, that's, I think, the end of this story. And I don't know how to end it. So I'm just going <laughs> to let you talk more. Um, yeah, it's, I've definitely seen and heard stories from other women who have experienced something very similar. And even, um, I was in a local distillery here and going through a tasting of their portfolio, uh, which was amazing. And, um, Western Reserve Distillers. I was going to ask. There, it was like, was it Western Reserve? I really like them. They're good. Yeah, it's really good stuff. Um, but I, I was talking with the one of the co-owners. Um, it's a husband-wife duo. They're fantastic. Anne and Kevin. And Anne was telling me about how they will have customers who try to try to school her in bourbon and in what bourbon is and that's literally what they make they have a double that's gold award job. they have a double gold award from the san francisco world spirits competition on a 14 year old bur- bourbon it's what they make and customers usually men try to quote unquote educate her into what bourbon is uh, I feel like that needs to be a whole other episode in itself where um, I'm no offense, my beloved, but I might need to take over for an episode and just talk about that. Oh, absolutely. I know. Th- I know this is your thing and I don't want to I don't want to intrude too much. But like if you want to have an episode about that, maybe maybe I should take the reins for that one. No, absolutely. I, I really do want to do that. We've talked about it before. That's true. Um. Yeah, I would I would love to get women in the industry on here to talk with you and just literally hand the mic over. Like Okay, I got to get better at handling the microphone <laughs> then. <laughs> I think that would be great. I really want to do that. Um because yeah, it it just it blows my mind. I mean, we those of us on Instagram, we, we probably heard about if you didn't see that whole issue with a little dab of bourbon and slapdick whiskey. Oh, I was, oh that's what it's called. Yep. Yeah, I did an episode on it. You it's did, yeah. I mean, it was just disgusting and abhorrent. Um Yeah. We don't we don't need to give that man any more attention than he's already given. I I say we move on from it. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, okay. Anyway, jumping back to <laughs> Joy and lovely little side tangent there. Um, so we talked about kind of like the the joy in drinking versus the depression in drinking, and like, so what is the joy of drinking then? Like we've we've made our little PSA announcement. We've we've prefaced like you know alcohol is to be used responsibly. Alcohol is to be used with caution and with care um but it's also something that can be used to celebrate 
life, to celebrate family, to celebrate friends. And like, is, is there, I don't know how to word this question, but is there a way to properly celebrate the joy of drinking and like the joy of whiskey and bourbon? Do you think? I do. I think, um, because alcohol naturally lowers your inhibitions, it will heighten whatever emotions you're feeling. And sorry, that's a good point (laughs) as I speak into the microphone. And if you are celebrating something, alcohol can heighten that joy, that sense of joy, those feelings of happiness and joy. Um, If you're in a very sad moment, again, alcohol can heighten that sadness and that sorrow and I think that's why people do get so emotional when they've had a bit too much to drink because you can go on this roller coaster ride of highs and lows but if you moderate and you're responsible with it then yeah if you're having a good time with friends you're sharing a moment you're celebrating something together or celebrating someone together then alcohol can really you know heighten that experience and I don't want to say it's needed to have fun or to make a party yeah, better it's, it's definitely not like you can have a good time without having a drink mm-hmm. but like I, I see what you mean that for some people it can help kind of not elevate it but like bring on a new side of it yeah maybe i didn't i didn't mean to cut you off you can no no, i mean yeah like it can yeah elevate it it can make it more deeper or more profound i guess i could see that i was gonna i was gonna say something and i don't remember what i was gonna say now (laughs) okay Vic's going to get a refill and i remembered what i was going to say um So I don't know if this is just an experience that I have had or if this is something that other people have too, but I I do notice that consuming different types of liquor or different types of alcohol does make different emotions come out a little bit easier. Um, Like, for example, when I do drink bourbon and whiskey, I find that I am just more open to joyful things and I'm just a little more at peace. Um, I know alcohol naturally lowers your intellect a little bit, lowers your inhibitions, but I feel I'm able to to speak a little more openly and freely versus when I have a beer, I'm a little more excited and a little more joyful, like just generally giddy and kind of happy. Um, hey, welcome back. Thanks. I was I was just explaining that I... Um, part of the joy of alcohol, like I've noticed that different alcohols make me kind of in different moods and, um, yeah, like noticing whiskey makes me a little more, um, just generally at peace. Uh, beer makes me a little more like goofy and a little (laughs) kind of uh, just silly, just very silly and just generically happy and, I think that's an important thing to know too is is kind of know yourself well enough to know what is going to affect your mood if it's going to help or um, not hurt but like change your mood 
Like I know for me, a glass of red wine makes me incredibly sleepy uh, and I can have three drinks with whiskey in it and I'm just ready to go. Like I'm, I'm good to go. So I think part of it too is knowing what type of alcohol um, brings out different emotions or brings out different, not personalities, but brings out different, different sides of yourself um, mm-hmm. to be aware of like what's going to bring out the joy in you. Like, I don't think there's, usually I stay away from rum. Um, that's kind of my like, uh, I get a little, a little too outspoken. I get a little too uh, <laughs> un, un, uh, unen- unencumbered. Is that the word? Unencumbered. Uninhibited. Sure, uninhibited uninhibited that's a better word um so like i usually stay away from drinks with rum in them just because i know that that will loosen me up just a little too much for most social situations um versus like having a whiskey or a beer is usually is usually fine in like a social setting so again it kind of comes back to that central theme of like know yourself know your limits and in, you know, maybe I'm the only one who has that, but also knowing what types of alcohol bring out different facets of yourself. Yeah, I find something similar too. Um, I can go a few glasses of whiskey and I'll be okay. Give me one margarita or one tequila-based <laughs> drink and oh boy, do I feel it quick. But then it, like, almost as soon as I feel it, it's gone. And it's kind of the same thing with rum. Um, whiskey. <laughs> yes, my love. Um, I'm just remembering the uh, tequila tasters we did at that one tavern oh, that made their own God. tequilas. You were so silly. That was <laughs> so bad. We don't recommend it to anybody else, but it was, it's oh. just making me laugh now. We were, we were okay. I was the DD that night. Everything was okay. Um, a tequila it, flight after two Prohibition era cocktails. Not a good idea. No, it was not. But I love you. <laughs> and I was happy to, to be the sober one to drive us home. Yep. Uh, but yeah, case in point. Um, Whiskey, I definitely like to sip on whiskey if I'm with family or friends and just hanging out. Like, it's something I'm going to be there for an extended period of time. Just sip on it, enjoy it throughout the afternoon, the evening, you know. Um, Wine, I usually save wine for special meals. I really only have it with a meal. Um either white or red and i remember in novitiate like i would have a glass of white wine with lunch with my superior um in the middle of the week and yeah some people kind of looked at us like what are you doing but it it was just a glass of white wine with whatever we were having for lunch usually leftovers (laughs) um and it was totally fine like it was it was cool oh i don't i don't know why i have this image of like I know this wouldn't be a leftover, but I'm picturing like a pastrami sandwich and then there's just a glass of white wine next to it. Like the most typical like deli sandwich. And you know what though? Wine. Actually, depending on the white wine, if you get a Chablis, it could actually cut the fattiness Ooh. of that, um, uh, of the, what did you say? Pas- 
Pastrami. Pastrami. Yeah, it could cut the fattiness of the pastrami. I might just want deli meats right now. That might just be it. <laughs> um. But yeah, and then like beer, if it's an afternoon hanging out or like we had pizza tonight for dinner, I cracked open a beer. Um, it's hot out. I just want to sit out in the afternoon, have a nice cold beer. Like that's that's a thing. And I usually go for a craft beer. So sure, it might be closer to eight to, I don't know, 10 for a porter or a stout, but usually I go for an ale. So it's between six and 8% um, craft beers on a nice afternoon just to relax. Um, beer might make me a little bit sleepy though, because carbohydrates are a thing. But, you know, again, know yourself and the alcohol you're consuming. Yes. <laughs> um, kind of along that same note, I'm, cu- I'm curious now, what is a joyful memory you have that doesn't necessarily, like, it wasn't based around the alcohol, but, like, a joyful experience you've had where you, you were drinking in, in some kind of social setting, whether it was with family, with friends, like, what would you say is, like, that joy of of having a drink with friends or family moment to you i know it's a good question i ask good questions that's why you love me um i remember the first time we cracked open that 1976 eagle rare 101 10 year old with that was good yeah, with your dad, um, who gifted it to us, and we cracked it open to celebrate the birth of our daughter, and we're just sitting in the living room at their house, just relishing in the joy of this new life, and Grammy and Papa being able to hold their new granddaughter, and we're just enjoying this really fantastic bourbon um and just being together as a family brought me a lot of joy that's beautiful my heart that that definitely beats um any moment that i was thinking of because i was also a part of that moment so yeah that's that's probably the the best example of like a joyful drinking moment yeah uh, number two on the list is probably having Blanton's at the wedding reception. Oh, that was also really <laughs> that fun. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> having to request from my dad, like, yes, we'll take our special bottle up at the head table, please and thank you. We did not drink the whole bottle, mind you, um, but we each had, like, one drink of it, and it was it was very good. It was, our, it was my fr- um, second time, I think, having Blanton's, and it was, it was good. Um, is it worth all of the secondary market hype? I'm not... absolutely not (laughs) it's good and like if i can get a bottle of it i'm i'm pretty happy with that but if i can't then like there's plenty of other bourbon that i will drink and i will be just as happy i will say this no whiskey is worth the secondary prices (laughs) i will stand by that no whiskey is worth secondary prices I, I shouldn't have even brought it up i knew you were gonna say that too like nope no it's not it's not worth secondary price well it's because this 
I know. You've you've talked. Another episode. Another episode. Well, we've basically (laughs) just made outlines for like three other episodes by us just talking about bourbon and whiskey and joys and sorrows and all that fun stuff. Yeah. So. (sighs) Okay, that's all I can think of to say about this. You got anything? You got anything else? I mean, as always, enjoy responsibly. We had the PSA earlier. Yeah, but, you know, share it with your friends. Um, We have an hour bar, I think, at this point, now that that we've cracked open the pot still, I think every bottle in our bar is open. I think so, yeah. Except for Baby Girl's special bottle. Um... And we are always willing to share those bottles with friends. Um, I was actually just going to ask, like, do you have a, like, a standard for friends of, like, I will share this bottle with this person because I know they'll appreciate it? Or are you just, like, open to anybody having any bottle in, in our cabinet? I'm open to anybody trying whatever they want. I don't want to say, oh no, you wouldn't like this, so I'll limit you to these bottles, or, you know, you're kind of a snob, so you should only have these, (laughs) like, and it's all fair game to me, like, share it, like, that's what I want to do, is share this stuff. That's a good point. I I think the only person I would limit it is just my mom, because I know she doesn't really like whiskeys or bourbons in general, so I'd be like, "Have have a taste of this one and see if you like it. Um, but yeah, I think that's a really good point about, yeah, the bar's just opened. Anybody who, who wants to try it, go ahead and try it. Yeah, it pretty much is free game. I just, I just want to know which one you're grabbing. Just go, maybe I want some. (laughs) (laughs) And if someone asks, like, based on what I know about them, I may suggest something that they might like. Uh, but usually, like, we've had people over and I've said, yeah, bar's open. Grab whatever you want. As a as a common courtesy rule, though, I think it's always important to um, in in my family we call it the Uncle Dick phenomenon because I, I had an Uncle Dick um, who his his main thing was if you're gonna take like never take the last of anything at someone's house. Oh no! Yeah, like if if you notice there's like one drink left in the bottle, like if you really really want it, go ask the host like, hey, is it okay if I kill the bottle? Um, but like otherwise, maybe find something else. Like that's my only like just common courtesy PSA about bourbon and whiskey. Yeah. Now with that though, like your sister's, um, man friend, she calls him not boyfriend because he is a man. He is. He's very manly. (laughs) Um, forest firefighter. Great guy. Um, he was really cool. I liked him. So he likes Pendleton's whiskey, and I had a bottle of it, but there was only like one serving left. Mm -hmm. So when we went over to your parents' house, I made sure to bring that bottle so that he could, there would be something that we knew he would like. And like, I very much gave that to him, like, hey. This is for That's you. true. So, like, if the host does mm. offer it to you, like, hey, this is, like, yeah, you can have the last of it. It's okay. Like, that's that's a 
perfectly acceptable thing like then that's cool yeah so for every rule there is an exception and that is the exception to the rule but the the standard is like if you notice it's the last like last drink don't don't take the last thing but ask if you really really want it yeah like just be polite (laughs) i think yeah i think i think that's good yeah well yeah again i don't know what else to say now that i've had three other tangents i'm Mm -hmm. i'm kind of i don't know what else to say Mm -hmm. unless you got questions not really okay cool bye whiskey land (laughs) thank you babe for joining me and thank you for joining us as well Thank you for joining us, and uh, thank you, as always, for your support. Don't forget to like and subscribe, give us a five-star rating, leave a review on whatever podcast platform that you listen to. Uh, Check out the website, distilled.me, to find out ways you can support the podcast. Uh, We do have a blog up. I've got a few articles up there about whiskey and bourbons. Check out the distilled instagram at instagram.com slash distilled d-i-s-t-i-l-l dot d Uh, and a special thank you and shout out to our patrons on patreon find us at patreon.com slash distilled they help offset the costs of website and of buying bottles And in the beginning, they definitely helped uh, me purchase equipment with their donations. And a very, very special thank you to my wife for joining us. Uh, Always nice when she can hop behind the mic with me. Have a good night. Stay safe. Cheers. Cheers.